It's called the Scarab. It's some kind of world-destroying weapon. It's designed to protect its host. Sometimes it does what you want, and sometimes it doesn't. I, I, I think I cut a bus in half. You sound insane. You realize that? What's going on, ma'am fam? It's Richard and Ken here. Brian's got the night off. He uh, He's not doing so hot after seeing this movie, so he's just walking around. You know, this one really hurts since he's so anti-DC um, to, to, you know, have some have some positive thoughts he's really he's really struggling so he's just wandering around dfw right now getting his his things together but uh we are here we did this last time we had a count of like how many there we go it's our 14th dc eu movie i don't know if we've done all 14 we've done close to that i think we uh, might have yeah this point i can't think of any that we said oh we did we do no yeah i think we have most of the time we got Shane in the mix. Shane's out this week too. So it's just Richard and Ken talking DC, you know, to, you know me, I've got so many opinions on comic books, so I'm going to bring the heat here, but uh, no, this is, should be an interesting conversation because it's a little different and we can start this off. Ken, how are you tonight before I, before we get into this? I'm doing great. I think yeah. Brian's out because it's finally sunk in that he probably lost the movie draft. So he's having to take a few weeks. Yeah. That's true. To prepare himself for whatever movie the VIPs vote that he has to review. I think, man, I think I've, Barbie carried me, man. I think, I think you're I the think champion, uh, the, the back, back to, to back. back. Yeah. If I have a good Oscar season, we got a dynasty on our hands. Perhaps. But uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll Brian see. will have the first pick of the Oscar draft, he though. So if he, he nails that, then it might be over early. It might be. It might be. So um, he's probably going to pick this. I would think, but, uh, no. Um, so yeah, we, uh, we, we're here talking these, the, it, you know, it's, it's an interesting time before we get into the nitty gritty of this movie. I want to talk about, as we always are, want to do on here, what, what, what is the, D, you know, what is the DCEU? Why, where are we, <laughs> you know, where yeah. does this live? It's so, it's so, uh, funny that like they, actually finally made something that's like a property no one has really done before in an original way with like a diverse original cast of kind of mostly people that folks aren't that familiar with you know with some original insight and direction and we're in, it was it's the swan song of the entire universe like so funny like if this had been first not to say this is a perfect movie but i probably would have been a little more excited than I was when I came mm-hmm. out of Man of Steel or whatever was first. If this had been before Black Adam, you're saying? Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, if this had been before Black Adam or yeah, if this had come out like right after Wonder Woman, I would have been like, all right, mm-hmm. they're, they're, you know, they're doing stuff, but, uh, but it's so, f- I mean, and who knows, like maybe this is like the, the cost of whatever gun's going to do to reinvent this entire universe and you'll go, who cares? That was kind of a cool property, but. If that's what we had to sacrifice to get actually good Batman yeah. and Superman movies, then that's fine. I think that, you know, I think we're all kind of in that boat. But and to that point, um, it's actually amazing. It just shows you how bad it had gotten with mm-hmm. DC and Warner Brothers. The fact that they 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 announced the gun stuff when they did. It's like, yeah. okay, it's it's worth winning everybody back now. Yeah. Instead of having these movies possibly tank because of this, because of what people know that so funny, this, yeah. It's like they gave up basically those box offices to win back the fanboys like a year too early. <laughs> totally. They could have kept all that under NDA. I'm sure it would have gotten out, but everyone could have just been like, I don't know what you're talking about. Kind of like with they- JJ and Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. Until it was done. And they maybe these make twice as much just because people think these actually mm-hmm. matter. <laughs> totally. And keep in mind, they thought at the time Flash was going to be really good. Like they... They undercut what they thought was like a really big and great movie for them. It wasn't, but they, from their point of view, um, so funny. But this is, uh, 
I did not, I was not familiar with this character. It's like one of the original superheroes, right? So Kent, do you have any education on, on Blue Beetle? I have zero education on on Blue Beetle. This is why we're missing Batman Shane yeah. this week, because he is the DC encyclopedia of the show. Mm-hmm. So I'll speak from the general audience standpoint on this one. Had no idea who Blue Beetle was, and I'm not sure, based on the box office, that anyone else in America did either. Yeah. Yeah, it was not one they could really say, Oh, they're hey, making a Blue Beetle? I got to go see yeah. that. Like they would yeah. maybe with Aquaman or Wonder Woman or sure. maybe even Black Adam to a nerdier extent. But yeah, I, I think one of the main reasons this failed independently of what DC fans know about James Gunn taking over is when you have a property, I think that not a lot of people are familiar with, you got to have a star in the lead. You got to yeah. have Robert Downey Jr., be Iron right. Man, right? So people have a reason to say, "Oh, oh, okay." I'm yeah. not saying even at that point in his career, he's 50 times the star of of Zolo here, right? I don't you know. Not, not necessarily saying Zolo is bad in this. I'm just saying, like, no. this if this was Bad Bunny is Blue Beetle, this makes <laughs> yeah. more. You know, what I'm saying like if they had a real star, yeah. in that role, I think that gives people a reason independently sure. of who is this character. Now I need to research who this is. They're asking me to follow this another mythos that I probably not sure if I care about, but they're asking me to buy in. At least you have a reason to go, which mm-hmm. is I think what the appeal of Black Adam was. Uh, you know, by by late last year, I think the Rock's stock had fallen significantly from where it was when they started making the movie. And but at least you had the Rock, and yep. because of that, that made three times more than this on opening weekend. Totally. Honestly, I was surprised this did as well as it did because the buzz coming yes. in was so. And in the movie's defense, after the Flash, you can tell Warner Brothers just bailed on any marketing budget, anything that they had not prepaid. Mm-hmm. They pulled the plug. You know, they're just like, "Let's get this cost as low as possible. We're going to eat it on this because we've got this new thing coming." Um, they have I'm another movie surprised. this year, Aquaman Two. I know. <laughs> I know that one's really interesting because I mean. Is he the rock? No, but like there are Momoa fans. What do you think that one? Will and there probably are Aquaman fans. I think that yeah, one does. Aquaman. I mean, it's like Christmas. It's December 20. So it's going to be very crowded oh, theater yeah, competition God. at the time. I'll Nothing go, I'll go do, say, I'll go 35 million, something like yeah. that. Like a little more than this, but not sure. Not anything yeah. significant. Wow. It looks really bad too. I, it won't have, this actually had some decent critical buzz and, Word of mouth. I mean, this is definitely like in the upper tier of DC Warner Brothers movies to me, right? Was was it for you? Yeah, I think in terms of actually being a fun movie. Yeah. This was way up there. I mean, these films have, in my opinion, been so depressing. Right. For so long. God forbid. Aside from from some moments in Wonder Woman. And in my opinion, I like... uh, Harley Quinn a lot, Margot Robbie yeah. in this, yeah, yeah. and I like Shazam. I think those mm-hmm. are really fun. But aside from that, it's like, man, these are really dark, depressing. Yeah. Really aiming for the Christopher Nolan roided out vibe, and they're just trying to counter-program Marvel. And I think now they realize, okay, we can kind of be them without being them. Yeah. And this feels like as much of a Spider-Man Marvel yeah, derivative. I mean- when I saw the trailer, I was like, "Is this Iron Man two? Uh, it just it it felt like Iron Man to me uh, yeah. because of the suit. It's a combo of the Iron Man suit and the Iron Spider from <laughs> Spider Man. Yeah, and so that's I was like, "Wow, this does look a lot a lot more marvelly." And I think that's not necessarily a bad thing, but this isn't going to go anywhere. So what does it matter? Like this character will probably yeah. never be in a movie again. So yeah. wow, you did this really fun thing and whatever momentum you're going to get out of it is going to run off a cliff because it has nowhere to go. You can't, you can't parlay this blue beetle love into Superman because it's not going to have any crossover whatsoever, different characters, different tone. So, I mean, 
if this thing was a huge success, would they have had to do a sequel for it and do like this independent Blue Beetle CU? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They'd probably be like, that's what James got to figure out. Work it in. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so much of what we talked about with this DCEU is, is, not really at the feet of DC. It's it's just at the feet of, of Warner Brothers. You know, there's just so much, um, you know, indecisiveness, indecisiveness, and weird. Like they they just bet so hard so early without any results yet. You know, and leverage this thing so much that if it wasn't great and it wasn't even good, most of those movies. You know, it's like they just put so much money into like Snyder and then like doubling down on, on all of that. And, you know, the, the honestly, the box office returns were decent at first, but they were diminishing every time. And, um, you know, it wasn't anything that really penetrated the culture at large. Like these movies should. These are made for mass audiences. And something like this, I think like the stakes were lower for Warner Brothers to not get as involved. And you just kind of have you know, a director and a young kind of interesting cast we haven't seen before. And, you know, kind of lets the DC come to the forefront a little more than the Warner brothers. And it's much more successful because, because of circumstance. Now, if they had made this movie in like 2017, they probably would have had like blue, they would have thrown a hundred million at making blue beetle insufferable everywhere, but they kind of (laughs) let this be this thing um, because they didn't want to spend money on it or really leverage it too high. When you know it, it's a way, way better movie. But um, so as we get into kind of the movie specifically, um, what did you think? I mean, I didn't know any of these actors. I, do, you know, and 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 it's it's cool. I so I did did do some research before coming in. You know, the character is um, not historically Hispanic since 1939, but has been a Hispanic character in the comic book since I think mid mid aughts, oh six or something. Um, so there was there was. Uh, you know, I think that's really cool that they they found that for this for this audience for this group of kids to see themselves. You know, um, young Hispanic kids to see themselves as superheroes. That's something we haven't really seen um, mm-hmm. in, in too much uh, volume before. Um, and you know, kind of found this this uh, Latin cast. It's I wouldn't say mostly unknown, but unknown to me. And I thought on the whole um, was was really pretty successful in the casting of this. Yeah, I thought it was a nice ensemble type movie. You didn't really have too many scenes with Zolo by himself. No. It was, you know, him with his family or him with his girl in the mm-hmm. movie. Uh, and so, yeah, that was fun. I like the dynamic of the family. It's good to see George Lopez getting work in 2023. <laughs> yeah. Gotta yeah. love that. It's less good to see Susan Sarandon. He looks real weird in this movie. That beard did yeah. not work for me. Yeah. It was like weird. It looked like a Halloween beard that you would just glue on. Yeah. <laughs> it did not yeah, look like he, he grew that at all. <laughs> Remember when like all of a sudden ABC or something like just decided that they're putting their whole brand. Their George, George Lopez, Lopez network. Yeah. 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 That was a weird time. He was, he, yes. I hope he made a lot of money. He seems like a really nice guy. Yes. Um, I'm not familiar with his stand-up or anything. But I, I uh, have had one plus. encounter with him. Oh, have you? And it was at the Colonial Pro-Am. Okay. He was playing. Mm-hmm. And I was standing at the tee box. He walks up there with the Godfather, Luke Wilson, from old oh, school. Nice. And he started doing bits. He started like telling jokes and stuff. I was like, all right, at least this guy's here to like be George yeah. Lopez and not just- Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. If you Isn't say George Lopez, like, stop talking to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. Dude, you're playing in a pro am. <laughs> yeah. it's, like, <laughs> it's a public event. Yes. You're acting like you're Leo DiCaprio trying to sneak out of a club. Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> I know. That's good. That makes me like him even more. Yes. So, so he was a pretty American treasure worthy at that event. So that's all, all I can say about I the interaction. Say, who was the... Um, Oh gosh, who was the director? She's doing a, I believe, a Marvel movie next that did the, the Jordan Peele uh, produced horror movie. Nia DaCosta. We, yeah, Anna DaCosta. I wouldn't say this is quite like an Anna DaCosta. Nia, I think. And pardon Nia. me, Nia. Gosh, Nia sorry, I'm Nia. looking at. Sorry, I'm looking at Angel Manuel Soto's thing here. So I combined the two. I wouldn't say it's it's as um, you know where you go. Wow, I can't wait to see what she does next. But but I will say. 
this is a director I think that I'm going to kind of keep an eye on. He had done like one other thing that was written by Barry Jenkins because he did uh he did Charm City Kings. But if you can make something like adequate with like all of this stuff going on and all the crap and you know, $104 million budget, which is like reasonable for um a a, a superhero movie in these age, like I wouldn't be surprised if his next movie's awesome. <clears throat> like in a better um, ecosystem, you know, if this yeah. guy came in and did a, like a, a a super cool, you know, I don't even know what what's what, it, you know, Fast and Furious, you know, they keep those going. Sure. He does Fast Thirteen, like that I, wouldn't shock me because I thought this was a pretty well, um, it's a little long, right? It's about two mm-hmm. hours. Um, could have been hour forty five, but but other than that, I thought it was a pretty well paced movie. Yeah, I thought it had some energy. It wasn't too choppy. What you get with a lot of these where exactly it's just two hours of one second shots. Right. <laughs> and I counted in here. I was like, man, I really hope the editing is, is going to be good. And it was, there were several moments where it's like five, 10 second shots, you know? I, I mean, he, he really tried to break it up, but there's still a lot of energy with it. And so that's what I appreciated about it. You know, Nita Costa's next movie, right? I do, but I'm, I'm, I'm blanking right now. Did you see the Marvel's trailer for, in this? Oh, that's right. Yeah, well, I'm not super enthused, but we'll see. Man, it is just like Marvel to find young, promising directors and just give them a movie. Yeah. And uh, more power to them. I think that's the movie you, you, you go for, is hire yeah, I mean, creative people. So I haven't. Uh, Captain Marvel, I liked fine. Um, maybe one of the last Marvel movies I, well, other than Spider Man, that was like really good, but like I just, I'm so, and it's not her fault, but I'm just like so, everything I've seen from the Marvels is so like, man, I just don't care about any of the characters because I haven't seen like all 800 episodes yes. of the show I'm required to see. I don't know. Just we not. will talk about that in that episode because I have some numbers to go over that might shock some people about Marvel and the uh, the recent Marvel phase. So I think the Marvels is probably the biggest test for yeah. superhero movies that sure. we've seen in quite some time. Like, are they still alive or are they dead mm-hmm. in the water? Or have people moved on to other bigger and better things? Because when you look at the DC stuff, starting with, uh, let's go Black Adam, because 2021 yeah. was still post-COVID hangover so black adam made 60 million dollars shazam 30 the flash in the middle of the summer 50 and blue beetle 25 yeah i I bet they're thrilled with that 25 i thought it would make 13 it literally made twice what it what it i thought it would make and And so it might have decent legs like it's not going to make 100 million um well at least not domestically but like the two things it has is like i said it's Gonna have decent word of mouth. People are gonna say, uh, and it's a bleak as we have looked making our schedule. It's a pretty bleak month ahead in terms of stuff coming out, and it's a, so it have decent word of mouth because people go, "It's not bad." And then it has you know a, a, an audience of a niche audience of you know Hispanic folks that might be you know kind of lingering out to see it because it's you know representational and all of that. So I wouldn't be surprised if this does like now it did twenty five. Like it could do. Would you be shocked if we did twelve next weekend? Ten, and just kind yes. of like you, you would, would be, be surprised, or yeah, you think I would be okay. surprised. Okay, I'm interested. It might, it might linger on. Okay, but who knows? It's not where like everyone that came out of the Flash was like, "Woof, that's so much CGI," and you know, all of the social media was just bits about it. Blah blah. blah. I haven't seen so many bits about this. Yeah, it's, it's well received. I just like, don't. Yeah, I'm like, if Mission Impossible doesn't have legs beyond a week, a weekend. Yeah, but that I, had that had two monsters coming out right that after. That is true. This doesn't. I mean, you know, I don't know. I mean, you're probably right, but I I feel like, you know they they you know a year ago they're devastated. Opening this weekend against it is a uh, Gran Turismo based on a yeah. true story. Bottoms. Yeah. Okay. And I think American Graffiti is back this week too, so that takes most of the fan base away from yeah. this American Graffiti alone, right? <laughs> yeah, that and bottoms. Yeah, yeah. 
big uh, Rachel Sinatra and things. Jurassic Park back in theaters uh, this weekend. Cool. So I mean, there is some stuff, but yeah, I I mean, if it does, that's that's fantastic. I think uh, you can only hope for good movies to do well, so that they take the right things away. Yeah. If they lose fifty million on this, like they're probably pretty thrilled. Give it. I mean, it's made yes. fifty million already worldwide. Forty five. Um, I think so it probably they like, probably got to hope that they lose a hundred on it. Yeah, in marketing. They make yeah, the exactly. budget but, back and lose the marketing money. But they, but like to our point earlier, they like didn't spend nearly as much on the marketing as they normally would because I think The Flash did this movie some favors, right? Where it's like, well, let's pull out everything that we haven't prepaid. So mm-hmm. that marketing budget might be smaller than it normally would have been, which would help. Absolutely. Like, the, like if, if they made 45 on this on half the marketing budget that they were intending, they, they take that trade as they go into whatever the new iteration of this universe is. Like that's actually not too bad in terms of a sunk cost. I mean, oh, yeah. Hundred, it's tens of millions of dollars, but, but it could have been way worse. Well, get me defending DC, man. I'm such a, I'm just so Josh, in the bag for you them. Are. That check better clear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the marketing budget. That they you've spent. sold your soul. Yeah, totally. So, um, Did, who had this in the movie draft? I don't even remember. I don't think it went, to be honest with you, because okay. I think we started how I can, I can look at, I have a spreadsheet of the pick. Oh, no, wait. No, I did. If, if I remember, uh, Brian, I think Brian, Brian oh, yeah, it. I think I thought Brian picked all the DC movies, and I was thinking, yeah. man, you have sold your soul for this draft. It better work out for you. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, he did it. take the Flash, too, which I know he yeah. did not want to do. Yep, and he, yeah, Mission Impossible just sunk him. It did. Yeah, that was that was the one he needed needed to uh, to do. And I had straight. I honestly deserved to lose with taking Indiana Jones first overall. (laughs) But um, my second pick would have been Barbie. That was that was what I was debating. But I figured the volatility on Barbie was way higher than Indiana Jones. Well, you took you ended up taking Mario second. Yes. Um, before, because you got, because I got Barbie. I don't know how I got I Barbie. I thought you got really, Barbie before I got Now Mario. I went indie. I well, I knew down. Mario would make a billion dollars. Yeah, so yeah that you was right. Mar- Mario, Mario's a great pick. It went indie. You went indie. Brian went Mission Impossible. I went Fast X. Then I went Guardians 3. Brian went Spider-Verse. You went Mario. Then you went Little Mermaid. That one hurts. No, I think that did pretty well. It did. I'm just saying against Barbie. Oh yeah, and then Brian did Transformers, and with the ninth pick, oh, Brian did Transformers too, selling the soul, brother. Yeah, I got Barbie with the ninth pick, value baby. Yeah, that's what I was saying on on our last yeah. update. I thought you got that in like the ninth round or something. So that's that's the more impressive part of it. But to me, the logic was way more volatile. It was either going to be great or it was going to be terrible. Yeah. And I sure. was like, in my mind, Indiana Jones was like the worst. It's going to be is like sixty three percent. Yeah. On on the tomato meter. And it ended up at 69. Nice. Nice little score. So, yeah. I You know, you take some L's, but thank God for the Super Mario Bros. movie. That's all I got to say. Absolutely. The um, So, what do you think of the supporting cast? Uh, the, the grandparents and parents, I thought, honestly, in terms of what can be very... I mean, some of it was kind of Aunt May type stuff like not a whole lot to do there but i thought i enjoyed all those actors i mean sarandon was sarandony but oh oh that's the big star of this sarandon nation i mean they are Mm -hmm. they come out strong i mean it's at least 50 million yeah can i give a spoiler did you watch the (laughs) mid-credit scene on this yes okay so you know they set up the old blue beetles coming back right the cord guy mm-hmm. and they you know the, you only hear the voice it's kind of like the joker with uh very whatever and in, in uh the last batman but like i'm like who was that like i didn't recognize that voice so like i come home yesterday i'm like frantically looking it up and it's like an uncredited actor <laughs> like really you couldn't oh, get no. anyone you couldn't get anyone to just do that voice so you could set up them coming back for a sequel. Like they didn't even, I feel like that was a role since it's voice only, they were just going to cast, you know, like in March and be mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's either going to be, I don't know, uh, 
Billy Crudup or (laughs) you know Orlando Bloom. It'll be Mm -hmm. one of these two, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and like all the stuff hit with the Flash, and then all the stuff with James Gunn and Zach and and everything. And they just like they totally bailed out of marketing on this. They're like, don't even hire anyone. We're not doing a sequel. Like, just it might have had to hire a non-union actor that would work. It's like it's like we can't even. Or a union union actor that wouldn't put his name on it because he didn't mm-hmm. want to get yelled at by exactly. the union. So, so that made me laugh so odd. hard. Though. I was like, really? That's just. But it was a recognizable thing. voice. I didn't recall it being like a recognizable. It wasn't. But I was like, why did I felt like I was supposed to recognize it? I yeah. might have just been my own thing because those are always reveals, right? Like, Try, oh my yeah, gosh! Yes. It's so and so. So I was like, I was like, that wasn't clear. Did you like, stay for the post credit scene? It was. Uh, uh, yeah. It was uh, Black Adam comes in. And he's like, yeah. Blue Beetle, we need to talk. Yeah, <laughs> and then he, and then he pitched his own tequila for a while. Yeah, he said, "If you had, has but, Dwayne uh, the Rock Johnson ever considered that looking like a giant thumb might not be the best look?" Um, he, I don't. Know he who that looks is. like a, know the ro- a sentient Rock the Dwayne now. Johnson. Yo, Rock the Dwayne. Yes. Um, I know he's very thumbish. <laughs> he, you know. That's a lot of charisma there. I, I won't ever fault The Rock too hard, but God, he just needs to go away for like eight years. Yeah. And then I think we'd be excited again. Like, go away for five years. Dude, I'm telling you, do, come do back wrestling. Back WrestleMania. Yeah, do yeah, WrestleMania. Come back to WrestleMania. That's the way to win everybody years. back is is be The Rock again and not yeah. Dwayne Johnson. But Yeah, it's interesting. But hey. Uh, yeah, I think big takeaways. I don't for know if me, he can pass the WWE PEDs <laughs> test at this point. I'm, that's I'm my theory. You, that's hasn't that's why Bautista probably had to leave. It's like, man, yeah. I need to look really good in these movies, though. Yep, I can't, <laughs> can't not do. Yeah, that. Disney does. Did you test see the movie? Years. They they're doing a movie with Bautista and Momoa. Wow, the roid budget is like at least fifty mil alone on that movie. To keep those guys juiced. That's higher than like the Charlie Sheen Coke budget on two and a half men, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, fifty um, mil a season. But if you add it up every season, <laughs> oh, okay. It's actually more. Winning. Um, I'm bringing that back. I'm gonna start quoting him all the time and talking about Tiger Blood. It's been twelve years, right? That's funny again. Um, so <laughs> here's my final question about this. And we can talk about it a little more. My final question I have for you is like <laughs> The, the ultimate test of, of these films. Uh, because it, it's interesting here because it's particularly in a vacuum because this isn't going to happen. But as this comes out, it's kind of a, won't say it's a great movie by any means, but it's kind of a pleasant surprise that it's not god awful. Would you be, if they were like, hey, same creative team's coming back, Blue Beetle 2, 2025. Would you and you're walking into that movie? We're doing the podcast 2025. Would you be excited? I wouldn't be excited, but I would not be like, ugh. Yeah, same. I would just be like, okay, that's a real compliment. That's a, I, I think, think that that's is like yeah. the nicest thing I can say about this. I'd yeah, be like, I wouldn't be dreading it. Yeah. The worst thing I can say about this, and again, I I like the energy. I like that DC is trying to do something fun. Worst worst thing I can say about this is this brought almost aside from the representation aspect, it brought absolutely yeah. nothing new to the table totally. in terms of like what we've seen in every superhero movie for the p- past fifteen years. It was a total CGI fest uh, with effects that looked copied and pasted from Marvel movies. Yeah. Just like let's change the shape of the thing. That's uh, a great yeah, point. It, 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 even the suit with like the heads up display and everything they do with Iron Man. Like, man, this has already been, find a different way to do it. You're um, absolutely right. And and the funny thing about this is success breeds criticism and failure breeds like encouragement sometimes. If this was, if this was Marvel's Blue Beetle, because again, I don't know any of this mm-hmm. comic book stuff. I don't know. I probably wouldn't be as positive on this. I would come out going, yeah. that was so derivative of their stuff. Find a new formula, blah, blah. But because... DC has been such crap on the whole, you know, with these it, these adaptations and so morose and, um, you know, overly just everything and assault on every sense. The fact that this was just like kind of a B team Marvel movie is like that's one. Like I came out going like, hey, good for them. They kind of put one together. <laughs> it's so funny, but you're absolutely not wrong. In a vacuum, I don't even know if this is good, but like the fact that I didn't want to pull my eyes out for two hours, I'm like, yeah. Great movie. And it makes you think 
uh, in the big picture about why this didn't perform well in the bit, you know, with mass audiences is are people seeing trailers like this and they're just rolling their eyes. Oh, another CG fest. I want to see somebody fly an F 15 or I want to see John wick really do these moves. Those, I really think maybe audiences have gotten a little bit smarter since, since the pandemic. Smarter. And also just like, maybe they love this stuff and like, this is the thing people love the most, but like there was a threshold and maybe that threshold was like 35 of these. Like you make, thir- and that's combining DC, Marvel and everything. But like people were really cool with these for a long time, mostly because most of the Marvel stuff in its original iterations was pretty good. But like people were into this. This was like the one piece of mass entertainment that everyone could kind of agree upon. We'd all go see Marvel movies and we had a huge threshold for it. But like, and then the DC ones were like much lesser, but like, okay, there's the set audience for it, blah, blah, blah. But then, you know, after 40 of these people, I think finally were just like, all right, I'm, I'm out, I'm out. And that goes for Marvel and DC at this point. So it's going to take something, I think, really, you know, and these just come and go now. They're just, because they are, they and they always were kind of like, you know, fluffy and meaningless, even though entertaining and good now they feel you feel even more like these just don't linger on the culture at all it's like a thor comes out on friday and it's like everyone's excited and on sunday no one thinks about it ever again like Mm -hmm. it's so temporary part of that's everything in culture now but it just feels like these are just in one ear out the other even if they're good and especially if they're mediocre like most of these have been from both production companies the last year and a half and then you add in people put on Disney plus and they're asked to watch 40 hours of Loki so that they can understand why Iron Man's still dead. Like it's just, it's just the threshold has been reached. Yeah. There's an interesting conversation around Disney plus as well. And the future of that, has that really worked out for them the way they wanted it to? I think it's all, it's changing rapidly. This this industry, how these movies yeah. are put out there, the risk that's taken on them, people's reactions. I mean, it's all changed changed drastically in the last five years, and totally. And, and people are going to have to shift streaming. their thinking. And I was, by the way, I say this with all like transparency and stuff, and I honestly still don't really understand how all the machinations of licensing versus own content and whatever. But it's like. I would have told all these people, like, it seemed like great strategy, you know? Hey, Disney, pull all yourself off Netflix, launch your own Disney Plus. HBO, get your own, you know, HBO Max thing going. Everyone, this is the future. Netflix has proven it. Go to streaming, make content, make people pay you 10 to 15 bucks a month, and you will make more money than ever. I would have said the same thing. I think like that's, I would have said that's the future. And it wasn't like we were all wrong. And the, this rush to streaming, these things are losing tons of money. The problem is that, yeah, the their ability to crank out new content and yes. quality content isn't up to par. And people totally. get, and like, get only, so the having the movies, the back catalog available only gets you so far. It probably gets mm-hmm. you, you know, somebody buys Disney Plus. After six months, they've watched all the movies that they wanted yep. to go back and watch. And mm. unless you have a kid that's just going to pick it up and turn yep. on whatever movie all day, every day, it's not worth it to you to make the time to watch everything. I mean, Star Wars is my favorite property and I'm yep. like three seasons behind on the Disney plus <laughs> Star Wars stuff. Like it's my favorite thing and I can't even get time. And that part of it too is like so much of it, even the stuff that's good is like so cinematic like not necessarily cinematic it's not the right word and there's it's another so one nice. starting freaking today ahsoka right. so i'm four behind tv like is kind of built to be somewhat bingeable in that like i don't want to give my entire brain over to this i kind of want to just relax and whatever and like you know uh some of these shows are like they're they are 10 hour movies they're 12 it's like a game movies. of thrones every right. six months i mean and you're just even if it's like so much said, investment you, yeah Love the product. Like Andor is great, but like, uh, it's like a, it's a, I've got to be locked in on this for 11 hours mm-hmm. and I'm just not, some people are built for that. That's great. I'm not. And it's hard. It's like, and then 
everyone just kind of feels behind all this stuff. And you're right. Like, but then the catch 22 of it is if they're not putting out a show every three months, that's like well-produced and financed and with like stars in it, then people don't think the streaming platforms worth, worth anything. Mm-hmm. It's been funny. Like the most messed up company coming into this. I don't know if there was a grand strategy or if they just got lucky because they just were so far behind is like, Sony is making a ton of profit just licensing their crap to all these platforms. They're just like, yeah, we don't do that. So just pay us. That's what everyone was doing when Netflix yeah. started. And, and they're like, so Netflix fun. is making too much money off our movies, so we better yep. we better do this. And it turns out that's turns a out better that's, business for everyone oh, but Netflix. Every, it, it, yes. It, it's a better <laughs> like business just, for them to have their stuff on Netflix than it is to have it on Disney+. Plus. Like, they more people 100%. would watch it than... <laughs> yeah. And they can charge, you know what, a ton more now, probably. There's do this because Netflix has the money to pay. Totally. And there's this thought now of like, do we work out deals with Netflix? Where like you basically treat Netflix as the movie theater. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you say Netflix has an audience. People are just that one. People just don't cancel. They're there. What if we put season two of Andor on Netflix for two weeks? Right. You know, and let it build an audience and then say, hey, if you want more of this, it's over on Disney Plus forever. Mm-hmm. But like what, you know. And using Netflix as the the cinema house, the digital cinema house, I'm going for. I don't know if that's a good strategy. Either, I think that's way. a great. I mean, I I think there's but, just too many egos at play there. They're not willing yeah. to say we need your help. Yeah. No, I agree. And then, I mean, this is like I hate to. I actually kind of makes sense with this uh, conversation because Apple might be rumored to be buying Disney at yeah. some point or some aspect of yeah. of Disney, but. Steve Jobs used to say in the 90s when Apple was making a comeback that Microsoft doesn't have to lose for Apple to win. Mm-hmm. There there can we can be yeah. we can both exist and be successful. And I I think that really applies to streaming. Like we can find a way to coexist together and everybody makes money instead yeah. of us just trying to take each other's <laughs> customers. Yeah. Disney Plus is the place we don't even, you know, we don't make content without selling it to other places, but it's the place where the Disney vault lives forever. So to your point, when you have a mm-hmm. six through 12 year old, you're going to have Disney plus as just, you know, to keep yourself sane. And it doesn't cost us anything. Cause we subsidize that cost with selling our new stuff to Netflix or to theaters. And we can get that back going again. Mm-hmm. And then of course it all feeds the theme park business, whatever. But again, I don't know if that would work either, but they, what, how it currently is structured is not working and, you know, this, get back on Blue Beetle, like this was initially developed, right, as an as HBO, HBO Max movie. Yeah. I mean, that, and, or part, yeah. And, and you know, that's just is indicative of um, their strategy changing constantly, too. It's like theatrical, okay, then COVID. Well, everything goes to HBO Max and then breaking people of that habit. Then it's that. It's got to go to theaters before HBO Max, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So it's so... Um, in the moment, there's no, it, everything is really these big shifts and, um, no, no real vision. And I don't have the vision either. I mean, you look at even things like I'm actually putting a deck together on this for work. It's like, you even look at things like ESPN now, you know, Pixar and Marvel were bought with ESPN money, right? Cause the, the, the hated cable bundle turned out was a golden goose for Disney. Cause they were getting eight bucks from a hundred million people every month. Yep. Um, for ESPN as part of that cable bundle. And now that's taken a nosedive. They've not made up those subs of the ESPN plus. And now it's a loser for Disney. ESPN's losing money because they have to spend so much money on live rights for, to be viable and blah, blah, blah. Keep saying blah, blah, blah. Sorry. Everyone, everyone's just convinced that that model was broken when in fact it wasn't really broken. We were just bored. Yeah. It it might've been (laughs) a little broken for the consumer, but it sure as heck wasn't promote broken for, the Disney's of the world. And Maybe so, not for the, but cable TV, you could yeah. pay 50 bucks a month and have 700 channels. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a pretty good deal considering yeah. what we get pay now for what we get. Sure. And like, honestly, if they had just made the UX better on digital cable, you know, like yeah. getting stuff on demand and stuff is really like, like YouTube TV is now, terrible. like if it was like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think people would have unlimited DVR, watch on yeah. your phone, all that kind of, yep. You're right. It turns out, and now who knows if we can figure out a way technologically, and maybe the Sunday ticket things like that will lead back to it. But Quibi, it, uh, it's so 
it's so wild. You're right. Yeah. That, that turned out to be a real, a really good system for like the ecosystem of entertainment. Mm -hmm. And we broke it apart because we thought we were going to the future and it, and maybe we still are, but that future is not profitable. Part of the reason both writers and actors are on strike right now too. And a lot of revenue goes away. It's, it's, uh, it's not unlike too like, I think it was Matt Damon or someone did that long speech of like, <clears throat> why do, why does no one make the $40 million movie anymore? And he's like, well, cause like there were these things called DVDs for 10 years and you like couldn't <laughs> lose money. You could yeah. make, if you made a $40 million movie, even if it made 15 million at the box office, if it was good, you were going to sell 50 million in DVD sales mm -hmm. and then everything was subsidized. And then str streaming comes, it's, Oh, it's so much better. You don't have to have these discs. Everything's immediate. So much better content. Well, guess what goes away? There's a cost with that. It's like the Arab spring. Like it sounds understandably in the moment. I'm one of these people. It sounds like a great idea to get rid of like all these, these uh, tyrants in the middle East, but sometimes what comes next is worse. <laughs> and uh, it's, trust me, it's as so somebody who work, works in a subscription based business, mm -hmm. it, it's very hard to stay afloat without sub without ads. Uh -huh. So oh, when yeah. people get angry, cancel because, oh, they, they added ads or now yeah. I have to watch ads before. It's like, dude, that's the reason that they can do what they do is because yeah. of these ads. So just deal with it. You know, that's that's honestly how I feel about it. I mean, it's a part. It's how they make money on this thing. Yeah. It's additional revenue stream. Because, because your five bucks a month it. isn't isn't doing yeah. crap to, you know, develop yeah. this Mandalorian series that costs a billion dollars <laughs> over 10 episodes. Totally. So. Yep, well, I see it. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see one year from now where we are with DC, yeah. with, with HBO, well, with Netflix. Movies. I mean, Will we all still be on strike? Yeah. Um, the real power yes. move would be if Netflix bought AMC, and then it is the movie house. Yeah, for sure. Or it'll, Cinemark it'll be, or something. We're in a very weird time. And, and I, I don't mean to like stop down on where I know it's a blue beetle episode, but like this is a movie that is a casualty of that weird time. So I think it's worth discussion because this is a movie that lives between these worlds of everything of, of, you know, literal universes being rebuilt around, you know, without this movie. And so it's, it's certainly a, a uh, symptom of a very broken system. You feel bad about the timing. I feel bad about the timing of this though, because yeah, a, a movie with this cast and with this message deserves to be seen by these fans. And it's like, yeah, you're right. The cat, it's a casualty of the timing, and it sucks. Like if this movie had come out in 2018, it would have done way better, and it would have made the impact that it was meant to have. But yep. it's just kind of in a weird spot where no one's really paying attention, and that sucks. Yep, it does. Should we grade it out? Let's do it. I am going to grade this one B plus. What about you? Yeah, I'm going to go uh, slightly below you, just a solid B. Nice. It's maybe the highest grade I've given a DC <laughs> movie ever. I can't Same. recall, but maybe. Wonder what Absolutely. Batman Shane's going to think. We'll have to find out. This will probably be the one he doesn't like. Yeah. <laughs> it's no, it's right. no Zack Snyder's Justice League. And nothing is. Nothing ever will be. Nothing will touch it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's uh, let's hit them, folks. Ken, should we hit them with it? Should we hit them with a weekly recommend? I think we can. Yeah. Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Weekly recommends. Get what you got for us. Yeah, I'm going to recommend uh, this show on HBO that the Safties are doing, Telemarketers. Have you watched this yet? Mm -hmm. I haven't. It's been recommended to me twice now. And uh, it's definitely going to be 
shortly on my list. I'm excited. I like the Safties and all that. You you dig it? I dig it. It's basically these guys that worked at this telemarketing company, and one of them basically filmed himself the whole time, him and his buddy, and they kind of turned it into this documentary. But some of these people in this are like, how are these real people? How are these <laughs> not actors? There's one guy that's ba- that is Chris Farley, like an exact twin of Chris <laughs> Farley, the way he talks, acts, the drug use. I mean- there's some pretty shocking stuff in this, but it's basically about telemarketing and as a whole and how many tens of millions of dollars they make yearly doing this. And so yep. it's a really enlightening in that front, but it's also very well done, very well produced. Nice. And uh, I think you'll dig it. Nice. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. I'm fascinated by that world. It's the worst, but you know, yeah. oddly oddly mesmerizing okay well i've got mine mine uh as we record this is a is a great one i think we've i've recommended it before but it's great timing um we got a fraser reboot coming as you know oh yeah can't in october 12th on paramount plus world's greatest app and uh i'm gonna recommend the original run of fraser because it's just enough time now you got about six weeks before the reboot which may suck who knows but like you never done. I feel like Seinfeld, Friends, understandably, great shows. Uh, get most of the '90s love, but I, as I rewatched all of these um, Friends, we did and Seinfeld, we did ep- we did throwback seasons on all the episodes of those. Man, I wonder sometimes this one might hold up the best. Frasier is so good, so funny, so many great lines of characters. Kelsey Grammer, weirdest guy in the world, I'm sure, but like. Gosh, he's a great sitcom actor and David Hyde Pierce and everything. The cast is incredible. Some of the best writing ever. And it's just, I think it holds up way better than Friends comedically and holds up, uh, you know, uh, almost on the level, you know, on the same level as Seinfeld comedically. So, Mm. um, yeah, great show that I feel like some people like in our audience demographic maybe missed because it seemed boring when we were kids because it was about this like, uh, it seemed like about this erudite show that's like above us, but like, it's a pretty stupid farcical goofy show. Just it's about smart people, but like, it's a very standard sitcom. So it's an easy one to just put on before bed while you eat dinner or whatever. And, uh, and just laugh at. So Frazier's great. And so catch up before the, the reboot, which may be terrible or maybe great too. It's got such an interesting tone to it. The, just the dialogue mm-hmm. and the way it's written is oddly like a Shakespearean in a way it's just sometimes yeah something like you've never really heard in a sitcom is the way these people talk and interact it's got a very unique quality to it that I can't really do nine minutes of just like purely physical straight out of the Marx Brothers Mm -hmm. farce yeah you know where it's just like people going in out of doors and all that like really silly stuff you know it's it's got all of that too. So I just think it's especially, I think if you're interested in comedy, um, the writing and direction of it and, uh, and the way, and, and it, it's a great acting lesson too, because like, you know, these characters are like, you know, it's, they're overacted in a way. And that might be a little bit what you're speaking about. It's, it's theatrical in a way. The acting is so huge, but yes. it's not, it's not against character. Like it no. works. Just like the way feels, Frazier talks. It's yeah. just such a unique Yes. way of speaking and that's he is a, a beautiful voice like a yeah. speaking voice like yeah all jokes aside about kelsey grammar that dude has one of the best pair of pipes i don't i mean he can his singing's meh but just as a speaker like i can listen <gasps> to that guy narrate anything How dare you <laughs> i know our theme song but it's it's coming back man one of my favorites so awesome if if that's one that's like a uh uh, blank on your 90s pop culture resume fill it in it's fun the season's, go- Plus, season's gonna end with niles like walking in isn't it it's got to right yeah yeah niles is you can't not have niles in costanza niles man i'm trying to think oh michael scott yeah that might be my i don't know who my ringo would be but that's probably my at least for males joe bluth old- Joe Blues up there for sure. Buster Blues up there too. Tobias is yeah. up there. Yeah. Yeah. Probably one of those three. Yeah. Ron Swanson, maybe. I don't know. There's some great mm-hmm. ones, but, but Niles is Pantheon. 100%. That's awesome. How many? It's just eight episodes, right? 
Or is it eight uh, to ten? Is the new one? Yeah, but the 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 old one is ton. It's like twenty two episodes yeah. for like ten seasons. So like it is a lot. But they they you know they're twenty two minutes. You can crank through them on Paramount mm-hmm. Plus, and uh, and it, only season one has the really bad nineties uh, sitcom mullets. You know, <laughs> you know Seinfeld's got a couple yeah. of those seasons too. Um, all the men in nineteen ninety two decided to to let the lettuce grow a little bit, but. Uh, but and puff it up that, too. It, it wasn't like let's just yeah. have long hair. It's like no, let's tease it yeah. as well. But uh, after that, it, it I promise for those and, and honestly, like the apartment and like the set, kind of like Seinfeld, like actually aged pretty well aesthetically. Yeah. So it doesn't really feel as old after you get through season one. Awesome! Can't wait for your thoughts on that. Yeah, my friend, that's gonna be great. Yeah, maybe Batman and Shane and I will do a VIP up on that or something. Sure, he's a, he's a Fraserite as well. He is a yeah. He he knows as much about Frasier as he does about DC. Maybe he does. I think he went to tapings of the new one. So yeah, I think he saw two apps. So good stuff. All righty. Well, this was a fun app. Blue Beetle. I think our verdict is better than we thought and better than it deserved to be. Um, and we'll be back with Brian and Toe in the next couple of weeks. Not gonna lie to you. Rough slate ahead in terms of movies as we bridge the gap from the summer season uh, to the Oscar award season. But we're going to have fun with it. We're going to make it fun. We're going to bring the energy. We've got some movie draft results and some movie draft drafting to do for yeah. for the next season of that. But uh, yeah. But look, there's people that listen to this show for us to review movies that are out and in the zeitgeist. And there's people that listen to this show for us to bring the energy in the bits. And I feel like if that's that, you're going to have a great next five weeks because, you know, it's Gran Turismo season, baby. Let's get there. All right. Until then, we will see you at the center. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I've got you pegged. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. 